Welcome to the At The Moment podcast, where we talk about what's going on at this moment with the Black community here at OU. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Nia Dumas. I'm the president of the Black Student Communication Caucus. Hi, I'm Joy. I am the vice president of the Black Student Communication Caucus. And I'm Layla, a member of the Black Student Communication Caucus. Yes, and we are all journalism majors here at OU. At the Moment is a collaborative podcast with WOUB and the Black Student Communication Caucus here at OU. Today, we will be talking about relationships at predominantly white institutions and the difficulties that come with navigating them. Okay, so first we're going to talk about relationships and all those things that encompass that. Um, I know my experiences with relationships, which includes relationships, like interpersonal relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. I think um, people just kind of limit it to one. But one thing, some of the things we're going to talk about is just the fetishization of Black, specifically black women mm-hmm. from our white male counterparts and even non-black counterparts um, while interacting with them at places such as like on Court Street, the bars, um, and things like that. I know for me, one of my experiences that I have since within these last four years, and this actually happened like during Dad's weekend. Yeah, and, yeah that was very Yes, much. and like... a guy came up to me and the first thing that he did was really grab the top of my hair Oh! and it wasn't even like he didn't even say anything he just literally grabbed my hair as I was walking past (laughs) and then it was like oh you're really pretty and Mm -hmm. I'm just like okay but why did you have to grab why did you have to grab my hair and it just makes you feel very like objectified yeah Mm -hmm. I agree I feel like um when men think of black women it's kind of like oh you're so exotic you're so different like and it's not like viewing you as an actual woman like it's like why do i have to be exotic like am i an animal like i'm a person and that's also it's that's almost how they like describe us it's like yeah. animals like exotic and like all of this like fancy wording and stuff and it's like you know I'm just a person and it's like I'm not exotic I'm from Cuyahoga County and it's just like you could just tell they like never been told no Mm -hmm. in this world but I think it's just very interesting because it's like the compliments is like your skin is so brown or like like the beautiful black queen you're a beautiful black queen no one time I was at a bar and um I was at a bar and (laughs) Someone came up to me and he was like, "If you if you let me touch your hair, I'll buy you a shot." And I was like, "Why are you so fan- like? What is the fantasy behind well, my why, hair? Why why was a sh- why do you think a shot is gonna let you buy touch my hair? Yeah. And also that's just weird. Who yeah. <laughs> thinks about to say? And then I was like, "Well, um, I was like that was anti-black." And like I literally said it drunk in a bar. It was I had to be like one a.m. I'm like that was anti-black. He's like, no, I'm sorry. He ended up buying me like two shots anyway. It was just like, okay, I guess I'll take the free shots. But it was, <laughs> it was also still weird. very weird. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like there's just a lot of backhanded compliments, like the fact that you have to actually like point out like, oh, your skin is so brown, or oh, your hair is so different, like. You pointing out those differences to me, it doesn't like make me feel value. Yeah, like it's backhanded. Like it's, it's like uh, it's like like you said, like they think of it as like zoo animals. Yeah, like someone that they like they come like we're invading their territory, and it's like okay, I'm just gonna. But and I think that comes with just 
being at a PWI anyway, I think they feel like every space is their space. So it's like us coming in, like, you know, it's a predominantly white school, but at the end of the day, you know, I still deserve respect and I still deserve to be treated like as a as a you know a woman like Mm. and that's that or as a human being yeah just a human being period because you know but I also think it's kind of like interesting to look at that compared to our the black men counterparts Mm -hmm. I think for one there's like a lack of black men at OU definitely um I feel like those in the black community um, there's like six boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really there's feels a total like six. <laughs> there's a total six. And I think that the comparison to, it's like they feel a certain amount of entitlement mm-hmm. to us just because we are at a PWI and our community is so small. small. It's kind of like, well, you belong to me because I'm a black man. We're at a PWI and we're supposed to be navigating this space together. You belong to me. But a lot of times... It's like, well, I'm just not interested. I find that I'm responding with more aggression, like, girl, we didn't want you anyway. And it's just like, oh. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just said I wasn't interested. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I kind of get that. I also feel like there have been instances for me personally where the guys will, like, pay me no attention whatsoever. Yeah. But um, it's interesting, actually. There was this guy, like, I saw, like, during the first week. And I am, like, a bubbly person in general, and I normally smile or wave at people when I see them. And I would, like, smile or wave just because I'm like, well, we're both black, you know, and I see you. I know that you see me, so I'm going to, you know, interact with you in some way. And he, like, did not respond at all. And this happened, like, maybe two or three times. And then one day I'm walking on Court Tree with my friends, and he comes up to me, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. You're so – and I'm just like, wait, but I saw you before. And I waved, and I, like, you know, try to interact with you. And it was, like, a disgust. So for me, I feel like they can either be really entitled or seem disinterested. But then, you know, you come at me later, and it's like – now I'm confused because it's like, well, are you interested or not? When like, he's seen you – so I have a question. So where is the setting where he's seen you the first place and setting where he's seen you the second place? Okay, so the first place, I think I was coming from the dining hall. So was I was like just, like, walking. Around? No, it was just us two. Mm. Like, there was, like, really no one outside. So I just kind of, like, waved because I was like, oh, like, another black person. Mm. Like, Hi. And he, like, did nothing back. And then the second time, I was just, like, walking on court with my friends. And he came up to, like, the he group of us. And I was, like... like a hot man on campus. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And I also think that it's just not... I don't know. It's just, like, it's like a microcosm within a microcosm within a microcosm. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, on a Horton Here's a Who, when it's, like, the little town. Mm-hmm. And then it's so small, like, no one, yeah. no one notices it. Yeah. And I also think, like, you always have to question, like, well, do they even like black women? I find myself questioning I find more. myself questioning that, too, because, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's, like, you know, you see them every time that you see them they're with like if they're with like a white woman woman. a non-black woman every time that you go out you're like you know I don't think that you're interested in me and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but you also even like get into like if you get into conversations with like certain black men you know they'll be like oh I don't like black women because of this this and this or it's like you're too loud you're too angry yeah and it's like I just hold I just don't let you treat me like 
whatever. Anything. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you can't treat me any type of way. And that's actually a conversation I was having with one of my friends today because he was dating. Um, he's dating a biracial woman, but like phonetically, you cannot tell this woman had any. African descent in her, which is fine. Nothing against that. But he's like, "Yeah, only date black girls." I'm like, "Sir, this is not <laughs> this is not a black woman." And he's like, "Oh, and I like her because she's not like loud." And I'm like, "Do you equ- do you like equate bl- like black women to being like loud and ghetto?" And also, I kind of feel like even if we are loud or angry, I just feel like it's a very valid reason to be yeah. angry and, yeah i feel like to simply be a black woman on this campus at ou rather like with the structure of it how we are treated from like our white counterparts men and women and even sometimes from our own black men at times you would be angry too mm-hmm. and it's like i don't even see the anger i think that we should be way more angry no, than we definitely. are I, I don't i don't find myself like getting into like screaming matches with people and stuff like that and I feel like there's been times like even with me only being here the short amount of time that I have been here where I felt like I should have gotten to that point but I haven't so it's like for them to call us like the angry the stereotypical angry black woman it's like you're just you're not basing this off of things that you've seen you've basing this off of a stereotype that nine times out of ten it's not true right and also they base like their love for black women based on the relationship or proximity to them or it's like oh my mom's a black woman my grandmother's a black woman well why can't you just love black women for the sake of them deserving human like respect and human decency or like when men say you can't treat her like that that's someone's daughter or that's like that's someone's like uh you know someone's daughter things like that is like she has an identity that is outside of that. Mm-hmm. There's not a label limit to being someone's daughter or someone's sister. And I think that that's, that's just how a lot of men feel, that mm-hmm. if you don't have a close relationship to them or related to them, that you don't deserve that certain, like, respect. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the issue stems. And also that I realized, like... So I come from inner-city Cleveland, which is, was really diverse. Like, I grew up with... A lot of uh, specific, a heavily black and Latino community in my neighborhood. This is what it was, and I think the way that like those men used to manipulate me in high school is so much different than in college. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like I got a lot of a lot of art, like a lot of straight like in high school, like oh blacky cockroach or like. Weavy, um, unbelievable. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, like comments like that that were coming from like people who have the same skin type as me. Mm-hmm. But I think now in college, it's just like when I came to college, you know, we have multiple orgs on campus like Empty Minds, Unified Sisters, all these orgs that were founded to like uphold black women in white spaces. Yeah. And I would like date black men on campus. But they weren't showing me that they love or appreciated black women. Mm-hmm. I feel like I learned in college that there has to be action behind the words. Like, you can say that you love a black woman, but if you're, like, gaslighting me, neglecting my, like, my experiences, yeah. disrespecting me, and mm-hmm. you think because you go to an Ebony Minds meeting or a Unified <laughs> Sisters meeting that you respect black women. I actually had a man tell me, like, women don't even respect each other. I haven't, haven't seen you at an Ebony Minds meeting. And I'm like... But my pure existence is defying mm-hmm. what it is 
like defining what it is to be a black woman like mm-hmm. you could not limit me that I have to go to this space when every day me waking up going to a classroom the only black girl and still and still like saying my ideas right. still doing all this even this like podcast here is still like proving that I am what it is upheld to be so I just think that it's very interesting navigating these spaces like high school versus college and mm-hmm. as I'm adulting because it's just like you realize that even though they're both like like you calling me black and unbelievable, yes, I probably like that's stuff I have to unpack. But in college, I think people just think like if I have sex with a woman, that means I value her, and is they don't equivalent. Yeah, def- no sex and because sometimes men they just need their pleasure at that moment, <laughs> and that's that. You know, like they're yeah. not looking to show you that your value when just because you lay down in the bed with them. Right. I mean, also, I think when you compare the way that men describe and treat black women versus white women, like, we are sometimes, you know, like, characterized as, like, the loud, angry black woman. But, like, when they encounter loud, angry white women, it's like, oh, maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe there's something going on. But we don't get that same treatment. It's just, like oh, you're just loud and angry, like, fix that. There's like, never, there's always an excuse as to why a non-black woman acts a certain way. Yeah. But like once a black woman acts that way, it's just, oh, you're just being a black woman. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of invalidates the way that you feel. Like, you're not, you know, trying to validate, like, why I feel the way I feel. Mm-hmm. You're just judging me based upon that. Yeah. I think another thing is that that's interesting is, like, the hyper-sexualization of black women, but they can't accept it when we're, like, sexual beings, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they look at us look at us as objects, and then mm-hmm. when they realize it's, like, sex is an equal experience or that's something we might want to enjoy, too. Then it's a problem. It, it's like, oh, who are you? Like, bye. It's like, mayday, 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 mayday. <laughs> it's, like, a whole issue. Um, but also, to, like, your point earlier, one thing that I have not had to question as much as I did in high school is if a black man dated or if a black man liked um, black women. Mm -hmm. Not to say that's not true because I know I have experienced men with that, but I've experienced less. And I also think we have to be, like, aware of, like, the niches in OU Mm -hmm. because I feel like the group, like, I feel like you're going to get different responses whether you hang out with, like, boys and fraternities or boys on the football team or boys on the basketball team Mm -hmm. because I feel like they're all, like, very very different experiences yeah definitely if that makes sense it it does Mm -hmm. it does I think like I don't know this is something I realized like a certain group of men based on like what orgs or extracurriculars they're Mm -hmm. in they have like those views but then other men who are in other communities here have like a whole different set separate set of views yeah and it's like well where's the disconnect yeah yeah that's interesting to think about like I've never thought about it that way like it is true though I think um like different organizations and like who you're hanging around influence your view Mm -hmm. um but like I've never thought about it as far as like oh maybe because they're around these people or they're in this organization they feel this way and I think that has a lot to do with it around about the environments that they're in. Because mm-hmm. I like going back to like when you say like football players, you know, football. I feel like black football players, they have a tendency to sometimes you're going to see them with mm-hmm. more non-black women mm-hmm. than you would see like someone that's a part of a D9 fraternity, you know. Yeah. So 
Definitely. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, like 100%. Like, there's no doubt about it. So I think and it has a lot to do with the environments that are around. You know, people like athletes, and that's a very, yeah. you know, there's a lot of football players and also what's weird is, like, when you talk to, like, the black community at OU, and, you know, we have, like, the big black group chat, we do not go to the football games and basketball games how, like, our white counterparts do. Mm-hmm. Like, in all my four years, I've never been to one basketball game, never in my life. I went to my first football game last semester, and it just never occurred to me, like, oh, I'm going to go to a football game and basketball game mm-hmm. to support, mm-hmm. like, them. It's just, like, literally that's something that never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. I okay, mean. see, I can't. I love football. You know, I love sports though. Yeah. So, I be out in the scene. <laughs> but even <laughs> even one of my friends, because I know, like, now that I'm a senior, I wish I had all those experiences, mm-hmm. like going to the football the games mm-hmm. and things like that. And I try to get my friends. I'm like, let's go to the game. They're like, no, like you're tripping. Like they literally act like I was crazy. And I was like, girl, like there's like two games left, and we're about to graduate. They're like, yeah, we don't like all you football games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like also, though, if you really think about it, some people like to go to the football games, like, strictly for the attention. Mm -hmm. So for some women, you know, they might be like, well, nobody's checking for me at the game. So, Mm -hmm. like, why why do I need to go? And another reason why, um, again, the setting, those games be bonkers. The first game, <laughs> football game I went to, they had, like, beer. They were screaming. They were, like, it was just off the hinge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> and you ready to fight the other team? Right. So I just think it's very interesting. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. But also, I think the, the like, the real issue is just, like, the men-to-women ratio. Yeah. yeah the... The amount of black women, I I feel like there's, like, for every, like, one black man, there's, like, three black women. And also, I noticed that because the community is so, and I also feel like in college, when we have to talk about dating, I had to become, like, comfortable with the idea of, like, dating for experience versus dating to, like, settle down. Because mm-hmm. I'm like... I'm 18, 19, 20. I don't know what I like. And I feel like dating in its, in itself is a risk, like regardless it's a risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be comfortable with that risk. And to see how many, like, women will, like, not like each other because they think, not even that they know the thought of someone they're dealing with yeah. is dealing with someone else or having relations with someone else mm-hmm. is, like, another thing that I see divide, specifically the black women, up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, girl, he for everybody. I promise you, we're not the only two. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. He for everybody, and I think, and I think that's also like an ego booster for men. I'll, dang, I wish we had a black man perspective on here. <laughs> well, right? Um, no, definitely, we got to get that next time. <laughs> yes, I think it's also like an ego booster for them. No. Yeah, I I agree. I also feel like for some guys, like. Like you said, it's an ego boost for sure. Like, oh, I'm talking to her, and I'm talking to her, and I'm talking to her. Like, that'll definitely make you feel like the big man on campus. But I also think it's, like, if you take a step back and look at, like, the way that guys will, like, have different preferences for the people that they're dating. Like, oh, she has to, like, be this height or this weight or have this skin tone or she has to be funny or, like, just, like, different ways that, like, they will make lists about the people that they have to date. Like, Mm -hmm. 
I that think, yeah. And another thing to go off that, if you hear certain men date what they want to like hair list, list off their preferences of what they want to date, it's like you're dating, you're listing qualities of a child. Mm-hmm. Like you want someone to be hairless. You want her to be quiet. You don't want her to be obedient. You know what I'm saying? You don't want her to be too tall. Mm-hmm. You like you don't want her to grow anybody here. Like I'm sorry, I have to shave my armpits every two weeks and yeah. I might do it once a month I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry not sorry and it's just like you don't want oh a woman. a woman counterpart you want a child or a slave like I always think it's funny when you see like you know um they say like all men now like, are making podcasts and like just dogging women like yeah. I'm an alpha male things like that and when I listen to things like just men describe that like even, like, with my own, like, people in my family and my brothers, I'm just, like, you mad because she spoke up for herself, but you literally say whatever you want to say. You do whatever, you're, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, I'm definitely the, I'm definitely the friend, like, because I have, I have uh, black male friends on, uh, like, football team. I have, in all different types of spaces, football mm-hmm. team, basketball team. D9s, like, things, like, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm definitely the friend that'll be, like, if they say something that's, like, off about, like, a black one, I'm like... My biggest thing is when they call women females. Joy, you know, anytime (laughs) someone says to me, woman, 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 Woman. yep, Mm -hmm. and they be like, my bad. No, it's so funny when my friends come around me, they're like, you know, these females, women, women, women. I'm like, yeah, second nature. (laughs) But I just, like, hate that. Or even, like, I don't know, like, like you said, all those preferences, if you don't have those preferences... That they want you to have is like your value goes down, yeah. especially with like those hotep, like, oh, I want my women, my woman to know how to cook, but she has to be a modern day woman, you know, but she can't have too much freedom, yeah. or I want my girl to please me sexually, but she has to be a virgin though. It's yeah, like, mm-hmm. like nothing makes sense, and I think that makes it like being a black woman here like so much harder. And literally, like my sophomore year, like right before COVID, I was like in like a mental rut to the point that's like ultimately all that's me shaving my hair. I might forget this, like. I'm cutting it all off. I need something new. Because I don't think people realize, like, how hard navigating these spaces are. Especially when you don't have friends that, Mm -hmm. like, also you can identify with. And you kind of have, like, code switch to become, like, one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, like, my freshman year, I came into J school in 2018. I'll never forget. What's the big class you take? Future of Media? Mm -hmm. What's the Mm -hmm. class number? I don't Uh, know. Journalism 1010. J1010. When I walked in my J1010 class in that big room, school over 145, it was was four black women in the whole class. I think there was three in ours. Yeah, it was four black women in the whole class. Maybe three. Yeah. It was me, you... Lakea, and one more person. I think it was, it was like maybe one more It person. was four people in the whole group. And within those whole group, like, one of the girls called me dark skin, And I was just, not that I'm anything wrong with that, but I'm just right. like, okay. Like, why is that the first thing you you? No, that just that? made me think of something. Have you ever heard a white man say that he wants a darker skin-toned woman and he's talking about a tan white man, um, woman? I'm like... Oh, excuse me. It's <laughs> being uh, Kim Kardashian, but <laughs> but yes. And then like navigating friendships here has also be been like put me in, like a creative like rut. Even as a senior, when I walk in my capstone and we're like pitching news stories, uh, what we want to do, and it's like I'm the only black person there. I have my only perspective that's there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I say things that I know, they kind of look at me like, um, 
you know, like, what are you talking about? But I have to pretend to care about the stories that you're, you want to talk about mm-hmm. because you're in the majority. Like I said, when I was in that Jake 10 course and it was, like, the four of us, I had a, I'm, I'm thinking so me naturally coming from, like, where I come from. I'm like, okay, we in this together, you know what I'm saying? We, we in here. I never forget walking up to them. And I'm like, they're like, oh, what city are you from? I'm like, Cleveland. I come, and they instantly ask public or private school. I never had anyone ever ask me if I went to a public or private school mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Never in my life. And I'm like, oh, it was the public school. And she's like, the difference between public and private school is that private school doesn't have the, re- I mean, public school doesn't have the resources that private schools had. Like, mm-hmm. in my high school, we had tablets and and I'm like yeah and we're in the same class and my dad saved forty thousand dollars doing it thank you very much yes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like I'm very much happy for you so I think it's like a certain amount of like elitism classism all mm-hmm. that that comes with that and I just hate having to pretend to be friends with people for the sake of like I need fellow creative friends mm-hmm. or fellow media friends mm-hmm. and it's just very it's depressing and exhausting yeah I completely agree with that I feel like also, being the only black friend in, like, a friend group is also a tough position to be in because I've had instances where, like, we, me and my friends would go somewhere and, like, there would be someone who said something or asked something with, like, having to do black. And it's, like, they're all looking to me for the answer. And I'm, like, um, we're all here together. Like, we're a friend group. Like, why are you singling me out? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like that's been a challenge for me. Um, not something that I, like, had a big adjustment with because I have been the only black friend in, like, my friend groups in high school as well. Um, so, for me, it wasn't, like, a big, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. But it's still, like... I'm a person, just like you're a and person. And it's weird because, like, you're my friend. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You're my friend. Exactly. But I had to realize that, too, because in high school, uh, not high school, in middle school, um, I was always the token friend. I was mm-hmm. always the token black friend mm-hmm. in all of my friend groups, you know. And it was like, you know, Caitlin would have a sleepover. Joy isn't getting invited, though, because Joy can't come around Caitlin's parents you know like all of the rest of the print group would get invited but I'm like and then you know like as I got older and older and older like as the grades went on and like you start realizing I'm not getting invited because I'm black like mm-hmm. everyone else is getting invited mm-hmm. but you know me and you know maybe one other person that's in the friend group that's black you know we're not getting invited mm-hmm. I was always the token friend though and so it was always you know I was always the uh you know you're undercover racist but Oh, I have a black friend, and I was the black friend. Until, like, I got to my high school, which was, like, predominantly black, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I really started to realize, like, "Mm," like, that doesn't have to be the case, you know? Like, that was really where I started to identify, like, for myself, Mm -hmm. like, what I wanted in friends and Mm -hmm. not, like, just, like, trying to fit in. Because definitely, I think, like, going to... Like, a, like going to predominantly white schools, it's easy to just get caught up in, I want to, you know, I need to fit in. I need to, you know, get as many connections and stuff like that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean lose your identity. And I think exactly. that's what I ended up doing, like, when I was in middle school. I started in college, like I said. I, growing up, my dad, I grew up with a dark-skinned father, full nose, full lips. He, um, he always, like... When I was younger, I always tell my friends I thought my nick I thought my name was gorgeous and not Nia. So I was like six years old because my dad would always say, "Hello, gorgeous. Hello, gorgeous." Like always, like he would always. Whenever I got my hair done, he'd be like, "Your hair is so pretty." And when I used to be like, "Oh, dad," like my they call my hair nappy. He's like, 
nappy hair ain't bad hair, it's just different hair. Like he mm-hmm. one that's one thing I always was grateful for was having like a father who constantly like reaffirmed me mm-hmm. and my blackness and everything like that. So when I got to college, I kinda like felt like I was letting him down because I feel myself like conforming to like respectability politics and like mm-hmm. all those things like like in almost all my classes I can guarantee you like I have been like the only black girl in mm-hmm. most of my in my the classes that especially in regards to my major I was taking a stats exam earlier and me and my friend was like um yeah girl we got to help each other out we the only black people in here in a class of that's like a hundred like literally in COVID every every chair is packed up in a huge lecture hall and I looked around and I was like oh my god I didn't even like notice it mm-hmm. but I I just never noticed it and I found myself like oh, let me make sure I'm going to class on time because he's going to notice when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Or let me make sure that I'm doing this on time. Or let me make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, I have to do everything because no matter what, I'm going to stand out. Mm-hmm. But I had to let that go because I'm like, I deserve to be a regular student. I deserve yeah. to be tardy if I choose to be tardy. I deserve all these things. Um, it's not my, you know, it's, that burden is not on me. Yeah. And I think that's very hard. But another thing that's, like, really hard about being, like, um, I know we're kind of like off topic of relationship of like friendships is the like so my sophomore year I was taking a class a media class and when he was talking come to talk about black people he was keep saying like the blacks the blacks the blacks mm. and then he was saying that when you're a descendant of slave descendant of slave but he was talking like and I'm like you cannot call us descendant of slaves like that limits us to our trauma you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and um I like, so like that was like one class. The next class, he still said something. After class, the first time I went to my TA and I was like, hey, like, I don't know, if, I don't know who else. It was like four black people in the class. I'm like, I don't know how they feel, but I'm telling you that I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And she was like, yes, I already, like, she said, like, she like already written down. She's like, I was gonna say something to him after class. So then he emails me and was like, oh, would you feel something, feel comfortable speaking up in class about it? and letting them know and I was like very uncomfortable mind you like I'm a sophomore first semester mm. sophomore year I don't really know what to do right I'm like sure because I'm thinking like these are all future journalists like do they think they can write a story and say the descendants of slaves you cannot li- limit me to my trauma I can say you're the descendant of slave over of a slave, or, a slave owner and you cannot say that like the black people are Caribbean you know we have mm-hmm. so many things not all of us have been like mm slaves <laughs> so um I go in class and I like speak up and say something and he's like constantly interrupting me he's like I don't um he's like I don't even like the term white because white people aren't white we're different Ugh. shades of peach like and he's just like he's like going in and on about it to the point I'm like uncomfortable but what was astounding to me is like my white counterparts who I consider my friends were coming up to me it was like I'm so happy you spoke up because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Mm. I didn't know what to do or say. And I'm like, so you knew it was wrong, and you were you were gonna make me uh, go up here with like I had a hole in my stomach, and now you're gonna try to praise me mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. When you could have just said something when you knew mm-hmm. it was wrong, and you waited three classes so for me to say it, you let this man constantly repeat it, and I'm supposed to consider you my friend. Yeah. That um. <clears throat> My um, J1010, so, you know, it's two parts of the uh, class, the lecture, and then you have the discussion Mm -hmm. with a TA. And um, uh, one of my classes, we uh, got on the topic of, this was around the time that uh, Gabby Petito, she had went missing. Mm -hmm. And we had got on the topic of it or something, and uh, one of the um, 
one of the girls in my class or whatever, she had brought up Jelani Day. And she was like, um, she didn't um she didn't like the fact that people were using Gabby's story to um try and I guess progress their search along mm-hmm. and she only she she said she said uh she said blacks and she said um indigenous people because there was oh. also um in the area that gabby went missing they found a lot of indigenous women that had went missing mm-hmm. in prior years and so i was like so i so you know me being the person that i am i'm mm-hmm. speaking up i'm like well you know the rates that you see the black men, black women go, you know, missing and mm-hmm. stuff. I said, we're never going to get the coverage that you guys, that white women get mm-hmm. simply because we're black, yeah. simply because of our skin color. Mm-hmm. Gabby's going to, she was going to get the attention that she was because of her skin color. Yeah. And she was a woman, you know, a, she was a white woman. Right. And... After class, you know, people were coming to me like, Joy, I'm so glad that you said that. I felt the same yeah. way. But, like, why I don't, but, say but why didn't you say anything? And I feel like that's the problem. You cannot, And I feel like that's my problem. It's like, my, you're supposed to be my friends, mm-hmm. but it's like, you just like, I, don't, I haven't really had a friend since I've been at OU who like utilized their whiteness. Like, it's not my job to be oppressed and and speak up mm-hmm. yeah. to the and educate the oppressor. That's so exhausting. Like not, not even like even this week I had experiences when like I'm leaving like Halpstone and I'm crying because I'm and I'm just like why am I crying? I'm a senior, but it's like so exhausting. Even like when I'm in these like uh, spaces and I'm pitching stories, pitching ideas, everyone's looking at me like, why do you want to talk about that? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to talk about that? And I'm just like you have to think like I'm gonna tell stories, which is why I went into this field of, like, my people, of, like, mm-hmm. my communities, which might not always just mean black people, though. Like, yeah. I'm going to showcase something that you guys might not see. And just mm-hmm. because you might not know it doesn't mean it's, like, it's not valued mm-hmm. or it's not important. Mm-hmm. And that's just my biggest, like, debacle I have. So, like, I literally got to the point where I, like, go in class. If it's a group work, like, we don't have to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do your bid, I do mine. <laughs> and, and we're going to get this over. Yeah, get and then, like... But one thing I do think is a problem is, like, the lack of black creatives in scripts. Not the Mm -hmm. lack of, but, like, it's hard to... Because I find myself, like... So I did the Scripts in D.C. program over summer, and... It wasn't like, you know, people always tell you it's imposter syndrome. You have imposter syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. it's imposter syndrome. And I was telling them, like, it's not imposter syndrome. Like, I know I'm fully capable. I have gotten myself this far. You know what I'm saying? I know what I can do. I know my resume. Check my credentials. Like, I know I can do it. I think for me, what I was experiencing, and I had to talk to another black woman who was like a producer um, somewhere, and she, it was just like, when you're, when you're in a setting or a space and when you having speakers, you only are having like white speakers, white journalists, white news producers. Um, they don't understand your stories because they don't have your experience. I'm, I think that's why a lot of us experience like, not to say it's not a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I think I, I'm fully capable, but it's hard to feel confident when you don't have anyone look, look like, like you, you mm-hmm. um, or you don't have anyone like coming to your aid or anything like that. It makes it very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I kind of want to go back to what you said about, you know, like, 
I should not be constantly educating the oppressor. Um, I do feel like I shouldn't be constantly educating them, but I do feel like educating them is important because it can change their behavior. Like I have, um, I guess I'll call her a friend. Um, I had a friend in one of my classes and there was like an incident where I encountered this girl and she, she said something along the lines of like, oh my goodness, I love your hair. And I just wanted to let you know that I have a black friend. And I'm like, was okay. <laughs> um, thanks up. for bringing that up to me. I guess, like, I don't know, but um, like, we had a conversation about that because you know, like, as my friend, I felt like she could have said something in that moment. Um, because it's like, okay, yeah, I can defend myself, but like, you're white, like her, like you relate to her, like you are my friend. Speak up for me. So we had a conversation about that, and I like. A different weekend, I encountered a white male who, you know, was kind of like, oh, my God, like, you're so pretty, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of stepped in. And I felt like maybe it was because of the conversation that we had. So she was like, okay, like, let me use my whiteness to help out my black friend. So I do think it's important to educate them. Like, I shouldn't be constantly telling you, like, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, I shouldn't be constantly educating you, but if we have a conversation and you can learn something from it, I think that's beneficial to everybody. And I think, but I, I think where the problem comes in is when like you try to tell them something and there's no change of behavior. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then yes. also when like they just expect you to do it every time, when it's kind of like there's resources out there. Like, and I also think those who can do it should do it. Yeah. Like I feel like like me, I'm a very outspoken person. I don't mind talking, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes a problem comes up where they expect. Like, just someone they don't know to, like, give them that information. Yeah. But I think, excuse me, I think when it comes to that, you have to be willing to learn. And I think yeah. a lot of problem is, like, they think, like, who are you to tell me? Yeah. Who are you to tell me this? And I'm like, honey. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a sense of entitlement, but I feel like... Uh, as far as like friendships go, if you're saying that you consider me a friend, like I'm someone who's important in your life, I'm you someone that you care it. about, mm-hmm. then you need to change your behavior to, you know, make me feel welcome in the environment. Yes, I have I have I have that experience with with someone. I was literally telling them like how I was feeling, and they're just like we're like I don't get it, I don't get it. I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm telling you that if something's hurting me, not even because of me on being the basis of a black woman, mm-hmm. maybe like see that you're someone you your loved one is clearly yeah. hurting yeah and i trust her enough not to make this pain up and you can see that right. it's real pain right and i think the january 6th insurrection showed a lot of like oh, people who definitely. are like not my friends that i thought were my friends mm-hmm. and i think the scariest thing about like situations like this like all encompass is like the people I've been in classes with this freshman year would say something just so crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've studied with you. I've took exams with you. Yeah. And this is, like, what you can say. And it's like, and it's like I know you're not an evil, malicious person. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like evil, malicious people wouldn't say what you said to me. I literally had a girl come up to me. I had a po- I had my hair. This is before I cut my hair. I had my hair in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't know your guys' hair get like that. Oh. And I said, um... Get like what, ma'am? And she's like, "Oh, I didn't. I didn't mean like. I just mean like I didn't know they got like curly and stuff." And I said, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Yeah, I just thought it was like nappy." I said, oh. "Nappy is nothing but a kinky curl." Yeah. And 
at that point, I was to the point, like, yeah, I'm not even going to deal with you. I'm going to take you straight to my professor <laughs> and have her deal with you, mm-hmm. which I did, and I have every right to. Yeah. And which is crazy because it's like I've studied with you. Mm-hmm. You're the, Like, she helped me get a job on campus before. But mm-hmm. it's like, how can you have, like, that? It, not yeah. even the mindset, but you're bold enough to let that come out your mouth. Right. I feel like it's kind of like um, them not fully understanding. Because, like you said, like, you know, as a person, like, that you know or someone that you say, like, will care about you, like, you don't have to feel what I'm feeling and you don't have to exactly, like, understand it the way that I do. But just, like, acknowledging that and, like, you know, standing on it. Like, okay, you're not black. I know this. Like, we have two different skin tones. But, like, yeah, like, but acknowledge that difference, like, and, you know, validate the way I feel. Yeah, because I can't stand a, I don't see color person. Oh. Like, what yeah. do you mean you don't see color? Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Just, it's just crazy when it comes from, like, people who are, like, in close proximity to you. Mm-hmm. So I just always feel like, did I ever know you? <laughs> no, <laughs> really. Like, like you try to bamboozle me. <laughs> like, you fooled me. You got me. All right. That's, not, that's always how I feel. I'm just like, there's no way. And it's just very scary. And... I don't know, and I understand that, like, one thing that, like, black professionals tell me is, like, oh, like, oh, you was the microcosm of the real world, which is just, like, majority white. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yes, it's understandable, but th- that doesn't make it any less exhausting. Yeah. Like, I feel like that scares me. Like, when I go to, like, networking events and they tell me these things and everything like that, I'm just, like, so you like is that supposed to inspire me (laughs) am I not supposed like I'm scared like if this is what I have to do for the rest 60 80 years whatever I'm working living is this like is that supposed to make me feel better Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't make me feel better it doesn't make me feel better I feel like we kind of got to a sad note but I don't know and I think that's one thing I do like about our generation is like we're more so accepting like no like I do think like there's a lot of more like black owned media you don't have to you know do Mm -hmm. that or it's a lot of more like just black spaces you can that we can navigate in that wasn't before Mm -hmm. and of course it's probably where the older generation had that idea but it just be too much man yeah now, I can't say, like, going back to, like, relationships and friendships, like, I feel like OU's, like, black community, like, us as a whole, I feel like when it comes down to it, like, if there's a problem, I feel like, you know. We have each other. We, have, we have each other, like, mm-hmm. regard, regardless of the situation. Yeah. If if I call somebody in, in that group chat, I know that they'll be there 10 minutes, maybe. Oh, and it's, and it's on site. It's on, <laughs> it's on site. And that's one thing I can say. Even, like... And it's the things you experience at on at OU is truly, truly <laughs> interesting. interesting. The white people calling you the N-word on Court Street, very unprovoked. <laughs> very <laughs> um, like very the un- things un- that come out of their mouth when they're when they have liquor in them is the ridiculous. way you the way you get touched in bars. But there is, like you said, there is a unity within the black community that comes together was is basically like you can't have a problem with her. We have it's a problem with us, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing I definitely appreciated my freshman year, because um, it was like we all dealing with the same. We all I'm not gonna say we all dealing with the same issues, but we all dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. that's like racism, family trauma, coming from um, coming from poverty, like mm-hmm. we all are dealing with that and navigating that. And I think that's one thing I appreciated. Like even with my friends today, I'll be like, okay, so who making dinner? 
I'm like, okay, I got broccoli. What you got? <laughs> no, yeah. we, we put it together. <laughs> we we put got a whole meal. Yep. <laughs> all right. You got juice? Okay. This is what I got. <laughs> we 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 gonna make it work. We gonna make it work. And I think that's um, I think that's the biggest thing I'm gonna miss in college. Is just knowing like, regardless, you have someone who has your back. Mm-hmm. Although it may be hard within our own like individual majors, mm. like it's like a bigger family. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next week to see what's happening at this moment with the black community here at OU.